fix a stupid ass microphone stupid <laughs> this podcast is supported by Acast the home of podcasting so whether you're brand new to podcasting or have already launched your show Acast holds your podcast for free distributes it to every platform and offers the tools you need to grow your audience plus if you'd like Acast can help put money in your pocket through ads and listener support cool right Visit acast.com. That is A C A S T.com. Welcome to the very first episode of Memento. I am so stoked. My name's Isela, and I'll be your host throughout these episodes. Here, we'll talk about the real shit the painful, the unexpected, and the things that make us feel alive. This podcast will feature artists, athletes, leaders, and those that represent what it means to be human. Enjoy. <laughs> no, you didn't know. You didn't know. I was the surprised. Day, the next day, you posted about it on your Snapchat, and all your friends were like, "Oh my God, are you okay?" excursion with a organization called give shout out to give that introduced us for lifelong friends <laughs> so we went to thailand and we were both going on the same trip for about a month to thailand and laos to do some volunteer work and some educational work it's been six years <laughs> holy cow <laughs> that's actually true it has been six years yeah, and I was 20. I think I just had just maybe was turning 21 or had turned 21. Yeah, AB is one of my closest friends now. Um, I mean, even if, if if we go like periods without talking, we're those type of friends who can just call each other up or send a message and be like, I need you and we're there. Plus, I've visited you in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. the Kirk, and, <laughs> <laughs> and you went to visit me in San Francisco, and that's when Isela first discovered earthquakes, because she didn't know what they were. <laughs> no, yo, I did know what they were. <laughs> I've always known. I didn't, I didn't formally say where I'm from, but if you didn't guess, I'm from California, West Coast, Best Coast. <laughs> Um, and I used to live in San Francisco, but I'm originally from Los Angeles. We need to go back to that earthquake situation because if people... <laughs> we were sleeping and I want to say it was like maybe two, three in the morning. And it wasn't a crazy earthquake. It was pretty... It was a just like a little jolt, like a little shake. And I got up and I went to the hallway and all my roommates had gotten up as well and we were all basically like oh my god did you feel that like we were standing under the doorways because that's what you're supposed to do technically (laughs) um to take cover and Isela was knocked out in my bed and then after (laughs) we pretty much after we pretty much assessed that nothing else was gonna happen or there was nothing else to be worried about we all went back to bed and I went to Isela and I was like hey like did you feel that she was like feel what I was like the earthquake and she was like what's an earthquake (laughs) no bitch I was like what do you mean what's an earthquake and she was like yeah what is that I was like it's when the ground shakes you know like like pretty it could be kind of rough or no 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 no. i knew what an earthquake was i knew i was just like you like i was okay look next day you posted about it on your snapchat and all your friends were like oh my god are you okay (laughs) it wasn't even that big okay look what i'm listening to this story now here's my concern 
my concern in all of this is the fact that you and your roommates got underneath doors and all this shit. We're prepping you for the worst. You weren't even awake. Why did you wake me up? Because it wasn't that big of a deal. I didn't, I didn't think that. If it would have been crazy, dude, I would have woken you up. That was so funny. <laughs> okay, Amy, give us an intro about yourself. I am 26 years old. Um, I currently live in Los Angeles. Oh, Oh, yeah, I lived in SF. That's where I went to college. Um, so I lived up there a total of five years. And then I moved abroad to Spain mm-hmm. for about a year because I went and did a teaching program for teaching English as a second language. Um, this was pre-pandemic, so honestly, right before the pandemic started and the pandemic was the reason I had to leave. So I moved back um to the states and i mainly chose to leave because you know everything was so uncertain and my family um was all in the states and i was very far away my parents are older you know all the reasons that one would think about in that kind of situation and so i pretty much moved back home which is the san fernando valley I stayed there for about six months and quickly was like, I can't live under my parents' home. I just can't. I had been on my own for years at that point, and I was eager to just find a new job and try and live out somewhere new again. So um, luckily, I still had great relationships with my roommates before, which had they had become some of my closest friends. So I hit up my roommate from before in SF and I was like dude I don't know how much I could take of this being living at home and she was like same so (laughs) we pretty much were like we got to move out so let's try to find jobs and let's move out so I moved out to San Diego um, and I only lived there for about eight months it just was not the right fit (laughs) and it wasn't what we were both looking for um, we, we just, both of us, I think we're on the same level as well, where we like to live in like hustle bustle cities or thing like places that have a lot of things going on. And we're also both very artistic. So we just needed more out of where we were going to live. And San Diego, although it's beautiful, it just was not the speed that we needed. And everyone there was like, no offense to San Diegans, but very chill, very laid back, very all about surfer life (laughs) um and so then i moved to la about almost back to la almost a year ago so here i am i think this is what i don't think i know this is what brings me close to people like ab um the fact that we're people that have to move and people that have to grow and to do that we need to get out of our comfort zones we're huge travelers too I think that's how we grow as individuals. Um, and I've noticed, I don't know about you, I, oh, I have talked to you about this before um, on how people from Albuquerque are very, and no shame to us from ABQ, from the Kirk. <laughs> um, but I've noticed that a lot of people here are okay with staying here and are, and like settle into a comfort space where they don't really move. I think like everyone, has those people around them that they choose to live a different lifestyle but in comparison like you and I I think we were always pretty like I want to get out I want to go somewhere I want to do more with my life yeah um and I think naturally like once we did that or like we have taken those steps to do that like we find people who are like-minded and you just like you connect instantly because you've been through that experience of having to leave your home to to do like a big trip or like to to move somewhere new and that almost brings you closer to someone because Mm -hmm. you're kind of in the same boat where you you recognize like oh shoot you like you get it you know what it's like to feel that way or like you know what it's like to start somewhere new and like completely like you said be um be like comfortable with being uncomfortable so I mean how do you feel like you you grew within that travel environment and what were some of the biggest struggles that you had in that process um honestly i think 
I think because I had done the trip to Thailand and that was the first time I left the country ever. Well, no, I've left the country to go to Mexico, but that's with my family. And that was more like with my parents and not on my own. Going to Thailand and Laos like for the first time was what I think was my my initial like getting my feet wet into the travel life or into like being in different cultures and I think that if I hadn't done that experience I would be freaking out if I was like gonna move somewhere for a year especially abroad so I think having that experience like in my belt just made me more um more willing to take the risk and more willing to be like oh it's not that big of a deal like I can do it I've done it before um so I think that's what made me like want to do it is because I've done something like that before it would just be for a longer period of time but with that being said that was the part that I think I did kind of struggle with was because I was going to pretty much leave like a whole life that I had created I was gonna leave like friends and family that well mostly friends that I felt like way closer to my relationship with my family at that point wasn't as close as it is now but I can get into that more later but I felt like that was a struggle on its own to like know that I would have to start over and know that I was gonna have to you know not be um also I was a very I think like I have gotten better at this over the years but I was I was pretty shy and pretty like introverted I think so interesting that you mentioned that I know (laughs) because would you would you guess that I am I think that when I first met you like it it took you your first yeah yeah it like took you a bit to get out of your shell but at the same time like it was our first time meeting and we were meeting across the world it's not like we were meeting in our comfort homes or in our comfort spaces or cities, states, whatever. Yeah, I definitely think that when I first met you, I I do remember thinking that you were more confident. (laughs) I do. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, say that again, because I I choked on my own spit. I'm Isela, and I'm from New Mexico. That's disgusting. I was honestly... That's my impression of Isela is his um, (laughs) New Mexican accent. (laughs) Anyways, I thought thought you were pretty, like, straightforward or, like, more... You naturally, like, were able to talk to everyone or, like, you would... And I remember, like, in the mornings, you would sit at different tables and sit with different people, mm-hmm. and, like, you'd be fine. Whereas, like, someone like me at that age, like, I was, well, I was 20. Like, I was still, I think, um, still shy or, like, still, yeah, a little bit, like, introverted or not as comfortable with, like, starting conversations or just hanging out with different groups of people like I stuck I feel like I stuck to the same group um and that was like that was it like I felt comfortable there but as the years went by and even in that experience and more experiences like I've become more of like a just well I don't know I guess like extroverted or more bold more direct more comfortable with who I am and like my weird stuff or like what I like and I I definitely I remember that I was back to your question of like what was a struggle I remember I was kind of struggling with like the fact that I was gonna be out there yeah on my own and I was gonna have to like make friends and like make roommates because I wanted to live with people and Obviously, like, I was moving to Spain where I would have to speak Spanish, like, so I had to really, I mean, I already speak Spanish, but, like, it's different, obviously, from Castellano, like, Spain Spanish, so, um, I also knew that I wasn't as confident in my Spanish because I definitely used a lot of Spanglish with my parents or, like, with my brother and sister. Your parents are Mexican, right, A.B., as well? 
Yes, okay. they are both from Mexico, from Guadalajara. Um, Have yeah, you heard that so song? It goes Guadalajara, Guadalajara. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not singing on this thing. And shout out to the late and great Vicente Fernandez. Rest in peace, my beautiful Rest old man. Peace. Rest in peace. It's kind of cool. My parents' hometown was like is like an hour from Vicente Fernandez's. Really? Hometown. This is gonna sound super weird. But when I was a little kid, I used to tell my dad, I'd be like, please, please take me to one of his concerts so I can marry him. No way. <laughs> he was way, way older. I was in love with him. I just loved his voice. And like, that was, that was my whole childhood. I was so sad when he died um, oh, in wow. December. Yeah. Yeah, that came as, I mean, not a shock because obviously he wasn't doing well. But, you know, when someone like as big of an icon as, that like passes away the whole world feels it for yeah. sure yeah i agree yeah so i also brought a b on here um because we wanted to talk to you guys about mental health and um talking about our vulnerabilities with mental health and how we've seen it i guess take such a big role in our lives and i know it takes a role in everybody's lives but when me and a b connect with each other or i call her or she calls me it's usually because something's up um and we do call each other also when like things are really exciting and to update each other but um you know when when something's wrong a b is pretty much one of the first people that know that something's wrong yeah Mm -hmm. i also feel like like we don't have a filter as to like what we're gonna say because we know that the other person is gonna like get it yeah if that makes sense because you know how sometimes you could be you could still be close to people but you might not want to tell them certain things because like you don't want them to worry or because you don't feel as comfortable like showing that side um like I'm sure you have like those friends where you're friends but you know, there's there's some things you don't say to people. And then I feel like with you and I, you've always been someone where, like, I I don't, like, sugarcoat, like, what's going on or I don't try to downplay it. Like, I tell you, like, what exactly is coming up for me. And then, like, you really try to, like, understand where I'm coming from. So. Yeah, I don't think there's, like, I have a couple of friends I mean, yeah, like here that I'll, I'll let them know like how I am at the very surface level. But I think that when it, it comes to how I've really been feeling and what I've been going through, it's just so easy to, to go to you compared to some other friends. And that's, that's not because there's anything wrong with my friends. I've, and it, I don't know why I struggle. I think I think that they're not going to understand um, that they're not going to respond in a way that's actually helpful to me. Um, well, do you think that going back, I feel like going back to like a little bit of what we were talking about, do you think it's because like those friends, although you are close to them, like maybe haven't had the same similar experiences as you and, and you feel like in that way it might not be easy to relate i mean i'd say like one of the biggest things i'm struggling with that i not not currently but that i have struggled with was losing my dad right he passed away two years ago and so um like that nobody understood nobody got it i didn't expect anybody to get it i knew that I mean, I was what, like uh, 20, I had, it was just, it was my 22nd birthday, two days before. I mean, who's going to get it? You know what I'm saying? Like at our age, who's going to get it? And um, honestly, the only people that were, that understood were people that were older than me. Um, And that's, that's who I wanted to talk to. Um, Uh I had already lost a parent. Um, But in other cases, like, like another thing I struggle with is like depression and anxiety and that I talk to you a lot Girl, about me too, yeah. well that's why you know what I'm saying I'm like I know that that it's something that we mutually share and 
because you do understand is why I go to you for it. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely things where, like, I could be feeling like I'm the only one feeling this or, like, if this is such an odd feeling that I've never even felt this or, like, I'm struggling with it and then I voice it out to you and you're like, oh, my God, like, I know what you mean. You're like, I felt that way or, yeah, like, it's just, like, yeah, you're one of those people who doesn't make me feel so like alone when we're in those funks or in those like deep holes how has um i mean talking about those those subjects like how have you seen depression and anxiety evolve currently or like even throughout the years because i know for me it hasn't it hasn't stayed the same yeah yeah well why don't you start and say more of like how it's um changed for you or how it initially kind of started or where it where it's gone like because it's it's probably like zigzagged up and down side to side like <laughs> all around <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, uh i i think i have always struggled with anxiety and depression since i was a kid um my childhood wasn't the best um i grew up in a very abusive childhood um and i think i never okay never is a strong word but i i don't think i truly learned how to create those neural pathways where i could like where my body felt happiness and could produce those happy emotions and so my body was depleted from from serotonin from dopamine and so i I feel like I just lacked it growing up and then I grew up and more shit started to happen right and I think that when you grow up you become more in tune with your emotions you start to understand them you become more emotionally aware and mm-hmm. um and then like more shit started happening with my life I I got really sick when I was like 12 until I was like 16 um and I was hospitalized for a bit, so that was shitty. I think during that age, I I didn't really know what was happening with me. I Mm -hmm. was just kind of, like, like going through the wave. Like, I had no idea what the fuck was happening with me. I, you know, and and then I learned, and that was really traumatizing. And then after that, I mean, I had, like, a a little stability. Did you go, like, Hmm. was it the doctor who, like, ended up, telling you like a diagnosis of what you had yeah. or yeah like yeah. I went in for a check-in and the doctor um mentioned that you know that I that I had this diagnosis which maybe I share at some point in this podcast um but that night I was hospitalized which, and were you feeling confused like did you like what was the do you remember initially like what you were thinking or like what like this doesn't make any sense to me or Mm -hmm. yeah I it was just like that I was (laughs) I don't think I'll ever forget uh I was in that room you know you go into the doctor's office you sit on the the thing that they lay you down on um Mm -hmm. and uh she she like gave me my she like you know I did a physical whatever and then she gave me my diagnosis Mm -hmm. and like I was like what the fuck like I just came in here for a physical and, and that night, she's like, she was telling my mom, she's like, your kid has to be in the hospital by tonight. And if you refuse to put her in the hospital, she will forcefully be put in the hospital. So I, I, I couldn't really process anything. I, I didn't know if I was depressed. I, I was just kind of scared the whole time. And I, I mean, I was like in an inpatient hospital for like, not, not even that long, for like a week. And then I came home and I like went through therapy and so on and and, when uh, did you first start therapy? Oof, when I was a little kid. Um, I started therapy when I was like uh, in fifth grade. Uh, I was going to school, and um, I think the teacher noticed that there was something going on with me. Mm-hmm. I uh, believe it or not, Isela used to get in a lot of fights, and I used to what? win. Okay, <laughs> I used to win all of these fights. <laughs> I want all of them. I can't picture you as a fighter. <laughs> Honestly, right now, if I were to get in a fight, it'd be, I'd run. I would just fucking... <laughs> so no one jumped me because I would only run. Yeah, so like, I, since I was, when I was a little kid, they uh, they noticed something was like wrong with me because I was 
beating up all the kids and uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I got in therapy then. But then that therapist like left the school. Yeah, so I started again when I was 12. And then my life, you know, my life stabilized a bit. And then, I don't know, my dad got sick. Um, my dad got a stroke when I was about 16. And uh, I became his power of attorney when I was 16 all the way till I was, I mean, till he died. Um, and Which so, is a lot to put on a 16-year-old. I mean, let yeah. alone anyone. But, like, did you ever feel like you understood, like, how much power that was? Or, like, did it come after a few years? I, I don't know if you've noticed by now, but I'm not someone who, like, complains about my life. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel really shitty about the things that happen, but I'm never like, oh, why is this happening to me? Like, this, like, you know, like, I... So, what I'm trying to say is, like, yeah, I noticed it, but, like, it was kind of like, all right, so what? Like, I, I have to do this. There's nothing else. Like, I need to do this. Yeah, what did your the rest of your family, like, think about that? <laughs> Um, I, they didn't want to get involved, uh, really, because, um, it was very much of, you know, my mom was divorced from my dad and, um, Alex isn't my dad's biological son. So, I mean, everything was under my name. And so I, I think they felt like I needed to be the one responsible. Uh, they were like my mom was there for emotional support, um, but I, and uh, you know, and as time passed, like Alex jumped in and helped me a lot, um, especially like when my dad was in the nursing home. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it, the rest of my family completely, you know, I had because I had to put my dad in a nursing home. I couldn't take care of him. I was sixteen. I was going to high school. I was trying to graduate. Um, yeah, and. Uh, I mean, they completely shamed me because I, I decided to do that with my dad, um, mm -hmm. which, I mean, I, I didn't know what else to do, you know? So I, yeah. I don't think I, honestly, B, I don't think I processed any of that until he died. And, mm. and that sucked because I processed it through, like, through dreams. Like, I would have nightmares when he died. I would, pro like, I went numb the day that, like, that week that he died, because I also had to, like, set up the funeral. I also had to, um, yeah. you know, like, uh, make sure all of his assets were cleared out and, like, make sure everything was under my name um, and, like, figure out the shit with the house. And, like, and it was just so much. And so I feel yeah. like a lot of my depression and anxiety comes from, like, all of that trauma that I've experienced growing up. And like my inability to take care of myself my whole life because I was so busy trying to take care of my like the people in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I got sick yeah. and then my dad got sick and then kind of argue a little bit against that because like although you're saying like you didn't know how to take care of yourself, like you actually did learn a lot of like life skills like earlier on in life. So if anything, like you probably had to mature way faster and like learn a lot of these things to take care of yourself along with other people. But I think what, what might've like lacked and correct me if I'm wrong, if, if, if this isn't what you feel, but like maybe emotionally, like you couldn't take care of yourself that way because you couldn't even process like those emotions because you were busy taking care of you know another life and like like just those things like didn't get to come out because you didn't have room or enough time for them I guess is what mm -hmm. I mean so so now they're now it's like this is when you're processing that and learning how to just be there for you I think I, yeah, I agree. And I, I feel like I've, like, I was telling Alex this when I first came back from South America. I was like, dude, I get to finally just worry about me and, mm -hmm. like, live for me. And I feel like I haven't been able to do that for such a long time because I was in a relationship, mm -hmm. like, during, I don't know, like, six, I don't know how many months ago, six, eight months ago. 
And like, even in that relationship, like I didn't take care of me. I was so focused on like taking care of the relationship or like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make it better and like healthier. And like it had nothing to do with me. Um, And so now I I have this room to do that and I have no idea how to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that like you've helped me process how to do that too. Like, yeah. So I definitely think my introduction to depression and anxiety didn't come until I was in college um and it was due to like a very bad and toxic uh, relationship or yeah like ending well during the relationship and ending of the relationship um before that I would say that luckily I did I think I did grow up pretty well. Like, you know, I had both my parents. Um, I had my brother and sister. Like, I had a pretty, like, supportive and loving family. And, yeah, I don't I, I don't think I was a bad kid. Like, I always, like, did what I needed to do to do well in school. Like, I grew up learning, like, good values of how to take care of myself and how to be nice to others and respect others and work hard for what what you need to do in life because that's how my parents raised us because my parents were both immigrants um, to the United States. So, obviously, like, nothing's ever been handed to us. Right. So, all of that, like, I think I grew up pretty well. Um, but, however... It's not to say that, like, I just don't think that I realized, like, the faults that were in my childhood until I was older. Because when I was older, um, you know, I think I started to realize that, like, you know, after being in that bad relationship, little things kind of reflected, like, I would say the relationship my parents had, which they don't have like just to be honest like my parents do not have the best communication they don't they just don't have good communication at all to be honest i although i was the youngest and you know the youngest usually doesn't get any of like the bad parts of like parents raising their kids um i think i think it was kind of like somewhat the opposite for me because my parents like my brother as a person he's very reserved so he didn't allow my parents to really like tell him oh like your dad's doing this oh your mom's doing this like he never really let them like you know put him in the middle my sister she was like the genius of the family so she was always all about like getting straight A's doing well in school like um getting 4.0s and stuff and my parents just didn't want to interrupt that for her and so then there there kind of leaves me so I would yeah kind of describe my the way I describe myself is like I'm smart but I'm more street smart than I think I was (laughs) smart (laughs) um but anyways I feel like that is not true yeah okay I know but like I've never lacked common sense is what I'm saying is like Mm. I definitely struggled a little bit in school I was good in school I was I didn't fail anything but I was pretty average yeah but I think like in life situations um I have gone through a lot of experiences and that's what's taught me like a lot of things not anything you could I think really learn in a book so Anyways, um, I felt like my parents, they really did kind of put me in the middle and like I constantly kind of felt like I was having to choose sides or like if I was siding with one person, the other person would get mad and then it just caused like more stuff that wasn't even about me. And your parents are still together too, right? Yes, they still are. They still are. Um, But, you know, sometimes I kind of wonder what it would have been like if they weren't. And not to say, like, I don't want to sound, like, fucked up in saying that. But, like, I just kind of have seen some of the worst of the worst. And so I'm like, why? In my point of view, like, if I ever get married, like, I wouldn't want to be in that kind of relationship. So for me, I'm kind of like, how are you guys still together? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I understand that traditionally, like, from their background, obviously, like, they've stayed together for the kids. It was just, like, 
arguments after arguments over like things that don't really require being like argumentative about it's just just poor communication is Mm -hmm. what it was is um but anyways so i feel like a lot of that started coming out when i got out of my relationship because i was like oh like this is why like i allowed this to happen or like this is why like i Mm. i was shown this kind of love or like i was shown like this is how things are and like i was yeah i it was it was a toxic relationship because like i i felt like i got mentally abused in it um would you practice the same habits that your like parents would you know like the way that they were argue is a way that you would start behaving sort of but i also was um passive like i would just kind of take it um which was not good because i wouldn't stand up for myself and if even if i did the problem was that if i were to stand up for myself then i would be attacked for standing up for myself and it would seem like i was the bad person but it was like no i was just trying to say like this is how it makes me feel but because i said how it made me feel and it makes you feel bad now i'm the bad person you know yeah so it's called gaslighting yeah so all of that like just no not good not good and anyways there's just like a lot of lies dishonesty um but that was like the first time i ever like also at the time where i ended that relationship i think it was the first time yeah i was feeling like all these emotions all this anxiety all of this like bad and I was internalizing it, that it had to come out somewhere. And the way that it came out was that I got this like really weird, like skin rash and it like, it was on my face. So when I went to the doctor, like they didn't really know like exactly what it was, but they just prescribed me like a couple like topical creams to put on like the bumps and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyways, the, the medicine that they prescribed was completely for something else. I mean, granted, they didn't even know what I really had, but, um, it was the wrong medicine anyways, and it just made it worse. So I got really depressed because now I had like all this shit on my face and I, I didn't want to go outside. I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't even like really talk to my parents or my family. Like I was always in my room. Like I never wanted to come out. Um, I would literally be obsessed with looking at myself in the mirror and checking if like it had changed within like overnight or the next day. Like just, just knowing that like, I was, I felt like I was going to be stuck looking like that. Um, And so that was an insecurity that came out like physically, like that, that anxiety and that stuff, like all came out in like in a physical form. And then it made me insecure physically. So I think like, thankfully, like I did get on something that helped clear that up. And I think I started to rediscover like having confidence again and also just processing that I wasn't like with that person anymore. And I was trying to like move forward. Um, However, I ended up like months later, like, like disgustingly reconnecting with that person and we got back together. So that situation was even worse the second time so Mm. that that was just like oh it created like even more depression and anxiety because that was if you remember that was when i ended up finding out that basically it was all lies like he had this whole other life this whole other like person that he was with and i was just basically like what the hell like how did I not know any of that um so I kind of basically and the worst part was that once I did um find out about it and confronted him like he essentially disappeared and I to this day have never heard from him again did he ever like come up front and was honest with you about hey like 
yes, this happened. No, hell no. No, he didn't. And I think I think that's why, like, all of that was, like, left for me to process and left for me to question and left for me to have questions that I would never get answers to. And also it just, it just made me made me really feel like those feelings of abandonment because he just left and I had all this like what I thought were real emotions what I thought was like a real thing for me um and yeah turns out it wasn't but that was the first time that I then looked for outside help to try and process that stuff so that's when I first tried therapy and um that sadly like it wasn't for as long as I would have liked because sucky insurance like it either covers it or it doesn't and then when it doesn't like it's expensive so like me being like I had just graduated I think I had just started my first job like I couldn't afford that Mm -hmm. um I'm only doing it because like my job could cover it at the time and then when we switched providers I couldn't have it anymore so thankfully like I was shown like techniques on how to work on my depression and my anxiety so I really did take a lot of what I learned and I felt it working because like I was actually putting in the work to like make it work um so for a good while I think I was okay um I was still like definitely insecure about being in relationships so that's another insecurity like was someone else gonna lie to me like yeah like um was someone else like going to pretend to be someone they weren't mm-hmm. and like mainly like could I trust someone so I not gonna lie I went through I went through whole phase the beautiful whole phase the beautiful whole phase <laughs> as I think everyone will go through one day <laughs> um I think like that was the that was the point where I definitely didn't care what I was doing, who I was doing it with, and I just didn't want to feel anything. I was pretty numb, like you've kind of mentioned, and it just was a phase that eventually I wasn't proud of. Do you think you were in that phase? Like, um, I mean, usually people go into whole phase just to like fuck around, right, and have a good time. But like, yeah, yeah. Do you personally do you think you did it as a means to make you? go numb Mm -hmm. yeah because I didn't want to feel anything or like I didn't want to like deal with things I think subconsciously I was doing that though because at the time I don't think I understood that that's what I was doing until I felt icky about it you didn't feel like grossed out by these people not until after not until after like I think I finally, like, it finally clicked for me that what am I doing? Or, like, I don't even want to do this. Um, I just didn't feel cared about, like, yeah. and that was the thing that I would have wanted. That's the one thing I wanted from that other person I never got. Not to say I was looking for it in all these other people. I actually wasn't, and that's the problem, is that I focused myself on, like, well, if this is how it's going to be, then I'm just going to, like, I don't know not care either but deep down I obviously cared (laughs) um and I felt yeah I didn't feel like that was a representation of who I wanted to be or I didn't feel good about myself and it also started to create um insecurities with intimacy and like to this day um up until meeting my current person um I really did not like I was not the type to sleep around um I was not like the type after that point I wasn't like going around I wasn't like I just basically didn't want to be with anyone if they weren't caring of me in between like I've had a lot of situationships but yeah I think some of my biggest insecurities today are um, intimacy, um, 
being in a relationship because because I've been out of one for so long, um, it almost like I've convinced myself that I don't know how to be in one. How many years has it been? Since an actual relationship? Six. But I've had like situationships in between. Fuck situationships, man. Fuck those people too that can't, yeah. So that like just convinced me that I was like, you know, I did it. I would be inadequate to be in one or like I don't, I wouldn't know the first thing um, or I just don't want to be in one because I want to avoid all these other things. Or I would just like lie to myself and be like, no, I can't have this until, until I'm okay with Mm -hmm. like the job I like, like. I can't be in a relationship until I get this right. yeah, Yeah. Everything was always like that and then even when I had I've gone through periods of time where I've I've felt very good about where I'm at and where I'm going and I still tell myself like no but I still don't want to be in a relationship because I'm scared like it's just really that I was scared um but yeah those are some things that that have now been talked about thankfully I'm back in therapy because again I have insurance (laughs) Um, so I've been seeing my therapist for about almost a year now. And I can honestly say that I've definitely worked through a lot of, um, my childhood things as well as currently working through, um, struggles I have as a person, like whether they're physical, whether they're mental or emotional. Last time we talked, before I left to South America, uh, we also talked about, like, our struggles with depression. Um, and you mentioned um, the possibility about taking prescription medication. I, I don't think I had ever considered using prescriptions, not because, not because I was against it or had that stigma of, like, oh, I have to be really bad. Um, to be to be on it or whatever um I just I just never knew that much about it so I didn't really venture into being curious about it until this recent time of going through the pandemic and kind of like having to refigure out my life and refigure out like um yeah where I want to be like re-identifying myself like oh the things that I used to like I don't like anymore why do I why don't I like them um like all that stuff that I think we all went through during this this really hard time um I think I find like I did hit a lot of breaking points and a lot of moments where I I didn't feel good and I didn't know what was going to get me out of it because all the things that I was trying that used to work for me like journaling um talking to like people who I felt supported with um doing art like I I wasn't feeling good anymore after doing those things like I fell out of love with art I didn't feel like I could talk to like my friends and family because I just didn't want to worry them at how bad I was feeling and like the whole other stuff that I used to like doing just didn't appeal to me anymore so at that point I was talking to my therapist and I was like can you teach me more about like go like what what anti-anxiety pills are or antidepressants like I don't know and like I'm kind of curious because what if it is something I should be considering and she definitely gave me I think the best approach to it she started off with like well the first thing I want you to know is that it's not like the cure it's not the fix all of the problems it will it could help um but it's not going to be like the holy grail of it Um, And secondly, you should also know that if you are considering it and you do get like an evaluation done by a psychiatrist, like don't let them pressure you into taking something because a lot of psychiatrists, like sadly in our healthcare system, like they want their money, like they're going to prescribe you something and who knows if it even is the right thing for you or maybe it's too much. You know, I feel, I feel like that line of communication of, someone going to someone with you know being vulnerable and being like I really need help so like for someone to screw someone else over 
is like that was what I was hoping to avoid and then the second thing she described was like the differences between them she was like so someone who would be on antidepressants and I feel like also is you probably know more than I do <laughs> with your experience so mm-hmm. jump in when whenever um so she described it to me as like antidepressants are pretty much when you really feel like you can't even get out of bed you like have no feelings or no motivation like nothing inside you to like get you going or like feel anything and it's supposed to help with that and then anti-anxiety is kind of like it, it creates like this space in your head when when all else is freaking out when you're like overwhelmed it at least creates this space to like give you calm that, or like give yeah. you give you space to think so after that she asked me which one do you feel like you're facing more of and i told her it was the anxiety and she was like okay um what else would you like to know about it and i was like well i want to know like is it something i have to take for a long period of time can i take it like as needed like what are the doses that are go into it and obviously she explained like that you don't have to take it for a long period of time you can really like try it and see if it's working and then like you can get off of it um but i think like you've talked to me about how there's some that are harder to get off of yeah so um i was taking recently i was recently taking lexapro um and i sighed because i took another one when i was a little younger it was called wilbutrin and um (laughs) i'm really bad at medication uh like once i feel better (laughs) i won't take it anymore which is like the purpose is to keep taking it even if you do feel better but like lexapro is a antidepressant anti-anxiety medication that is um, I'd say, I don't want to say stronger, but like what I was told from my psychiatrist is that it is one of the medications that's harder to wean off of. And I mean, I was terrified when she told me that, right? I was like, well, I don't want to be stuck on this thing forever. I, I'm like, and like knowing me that I'm, I'm not very consistent with medication. I was like, okay, what's going to happen when I stop taking it? Like in my a risk that can happen is that those um, thoughts and those feelings and your depression and your anxiety can increase um, when you first start taking it because your your brain is having to do this shift. And then if you just stop taking it, you know, cold turkey, the same thing can happen. And what happened with me with Lexapro, um, <laughs> which was intense, was that, like, I... I started taking Lexapro when uh, my dad passed because I went numb. I couldn't, I like didn't really feel anything. So like I knew I was depressed. I didn't want to do anything. And then like, and then I, you know, and, and so like I started taking it then. And the thing about antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications, and I don't want to talk for everybody either. I'm talking about my experience is that like it made me, kind of disassociate like being antisocial so I would disassociate from reality and that's honestly something like I'm still struggling with and I don't know if it's from from the medications but like I would or from the trauma I was experiencing from my relationship but like I at the time um like it felt like I wasn't really here like I knew that what I was experiencing was real I knew that I was alive like I knew that I was, you know, at that time, I think I was starting my my career. Like, I, I knew everything that was going on, but it didn't feel very real. Like, it felt like I was in a dream, and it was a very vivid dream, and it felt hazy. And that's how it felt throughout my medication process. And supposedly, like, that's supposed to go away. You do feel like that. It's normal to feel like that, maybe, like, within the first two weeks to a month max. But then it's supposed to go away. And for mm-hmm. me, it never went away. When I would get off of it, I would feel so depressed. I would, like, I just wanted to cry. And I, I didn't know why. I just, like, felt so emotional and, like, really, really sad and, and really, really anxious. And 
And like your ther- like what your therapist told you is right. It it doesn't make it go away, but it makes it a little better. Um, mm-hmm. But even when I was taking it, like I still felt I still my accent just came out. Did you hear that? <laughs> I still felt anxious and like depressed. Yeah. Still, like it didn't make it go away. So um, do you think it just might have not been the right fit for you? Like, so are. I guess I have a couple questions. Like, so currently you're not on anything or are you on anything? I stopped taking Lexapro um, maybe like a month before I went to South America. And that's just okay. because I I just, like, I don't want to take anything. I want to, like, figure this shit like, out yeah. like, without it. So have you, have you been feeling, like, I guess, like, with, draws from it or um do you think you're you've been okay like whenever you do get maybe anxious do you feel like I'm like you're at least okay enough to get through it on your own I think at this point I've accepted that this is just (laughs) which makes me really sad but um this is just who I am you know and Mm -hmm. at least right now So, like, fuck, like, I've been really anxious since I got back from my trip. But I know that's because, I mean, that's because of Albuquerque. That's because I, I mean, I'm happier when I'm not here. Um, You're definitely aware of the things that cause the anxiety. So it's, it's, at least you know, like, the reasoning. And sometimes I, well, yeah, and that's, but, like, with my depression, I don't know why. I feel I feel depressed most of the time and I have no idea why the fuck I feel depressed I just do but but like you know me as well like I feel like I'm someone who's like really good at practicing being happy Mm -hmm. um so like I don't let it stop me and I will never let it stop me but fuck like before yeah AB like I've been stuck in bed. I don't want to do shit. Like I have, I have had like really bad thoughts um, mm-hmm. in terms of you know existence and so forth. But like I, it's not like I feel like a lot of this stuff isn't a hundred percent gonna go away right now. So I just have to. I'm just gonna fucking push through it because. Because my life is good, you know? Like, I'm okay, and everything's okay. And so, yeah. I think, like, obviously the mind is extremely powerful. So I really do think that if you focus on, you know, things that do help through the anxiety or can help through the anxiety, and you make a habit of those things, that it's going to create, like, this positive outlook in your own mind and you it just fuels you even more you know to keep going fuck ab like like i'm so blessed you know and i'm and i like i have nothing to be upset about at all you know and and i mean and that's the thing about people that like struggle with depression and anxiety and people that have stories like similar to ours um who sometimes just like feel stuck and i guess confused with what's going on but I mean, I'm, yeah, like, I have, I'm just so glad, <laughs> I'm, like, fucking happy that I have my life, and that I have my people, and that I get to do the cool shit I get to do, in, in hopes of memento, like, extend to people who are hearing this, and who are, like, holy shit, like, yeah, I struggle with that, too, and you know what, it's okay to struggle with that, and you know what, it's okay to talk about it. Yeah, 100%. I also think, like, just from what we're saying, like, gratitude can get you through a lot. I really do think so. Because there's been a lot of moments where we can, I think, uh, like, for a lot of people, like, we can get so down on ourselves and we're, like, our own worst enemy. I really do believe that. And, like, put so much pressure on, like, why am I not feeling better? I'm trying. I'm doing all the things I need to do. Why is networking? But... Things take time and also, like, you just have to be grateful for where you are in that moment, too. Like, as hard as you're struggling, like, be grateful at least for the smaller things. Like, the small victories matter, the small successes matter. Like, 
you, if you got to speak to a friend that day, if you got to spend time with your family, like if you like, you know, woke up and did one productive thing, even though you had a list of five, like you did one, like pat yourself on the back. Like I'm still learning to do it myself, but I feel like we're, we're too hard on ourselves and we have to be, we have to be more kind. We have to be, give us more grace and we have to be grateful.